begin the new Mesechta, Mesechta Bab Metziah, which continues along the theme of the previous Mesechta, Mesechta Bab Akama, which that makes up Bab Akama, Bab Metziah, Bab Basra, which are the three different parts of this Seder called Seder Nizakin, which is uh, it mentioned in the Gemara as one Mesechta, which previously, and in this Mesechta, the next Mesechta, we talk about the relation between people in regarding monetary financial areas. And our Mesechta begins off the first few prakim discussing halachas of a Metziah, of someone finding or having someone else's object, what the halachas are. So our mission begins with the halacha of a lost, of, someone, of, of people claiming to have found a lost object. So the mission begins, Shnayim oichsim betalis. If there are two people holding on to a talis, to a garment. Now as Rashi points out, specifically it has to be that oichsim, that they're holding on to this talis, because then, since they're holding on to it, they're both muhsik, they're both considered presumptive in this thing that you hold on to. Moreover, since they're both holding it, neither one of them has any greater strength of ownership rights to it more than the other person. Because had it, let's say, been held by one person, and the, the, each one would have been saying the claims that we're shortly going to quote, then the other one who is not holding it would be considered a mitzimichaveroi. He would be trying to take it away from the one who's holding it, and that halach is a love lehiviraya. He has to bring a proof through witnesses that it's his, and he wouldn't be believed for the halacha that the Mishnah is going to tell us to take it by taking an oath. So it's specifically the case that's describing two people coming to court, they're holding on to a talus. This guy says, I found it. And again, that's where it relates to the next paragraph about Elimitzis, about a lost object. So he says, I found it. He says, no, I found it. This guy says, it's all mine. He says, no, it's all mine. And then we'll explain why did the Tan have to say a repetition of the same claim. He's saying, I found it. That means to say, it's mine. Why does it have to repeat it? So says the Mishnah. So Zeyeshava, this guy takes an oath, and the Gemara and Daf Kim will explain what's the utility of this oath, what do you have to take an oath for? But it says Zeyeshava, this guy swears She'in Labapaches Mechatzer. First he swears that he doesn't la- have less than half of the ownership of this talus. And the other guy swears that he doesn't have less than half of the rights in this cloak. And the Gemara and Daf Hey will explain why did Chazal in- introduce such an interesting terminology in this oath, why don't they just swear? He swears, I swear it's mine, and he swears, he swears it's his. Why, does, why is it it's said in that, in, in that terminology of, I swear that I don't have less than half? He swears he doesn't have less than half. And then they split it, he gets half, and he gets half. That's the halacha of the Mishnah. Now, continues the Mishnah, but let's say, let's say one guy says, it's all mine. The other guy says, no, half of it is mine. In other words, he's admitting that the other half is his friend's. Let's say he claims that we both picked it up at the same time. So therefore, the only thing that they're contending is regarding half of it. So therefore, the one who says it's all mine, Yeshava, he swears, he swears that he doesn't have less than three quarters, three, uh, three quarters of the talis. And the one who says it's half of it is mine, but he admits the other half is the other guy's. He swears that he doesn't have less than a quarter in it. And then the halach is, Each guy takes according to what he swears. He takes three quarters and he takes one quarter. Now the reason for this is, is because actually it's the same as the previous halacha. Whatever it is that they're contending, that's what they both swear that each one doesn't have less than half. And then each one takes half of that. 
So here, since this guy, one of them is admitting to the other one, look, I admit that half is yours. So we both agree that half is mine. So we're contending about just this half. So this half, you get half of the half, which is a quarter, and I get half of the half, which is a quarter, and together with my other two quarters, my other half, is going to make 75% of it. That's why he swears on three quarters, and he swears on one quarter. And he gets three quarters, and he gets one quarter. Now, another variation of this halach is, let's say, not like the first case that we opened up with, that they're both holding on to a cloak, to a talus, but rather both of them are riding on the animal. One was riding the animal, one was leading the animal. This guy says, it's all mine. He says, no, it's all mine. So, again, the same halacha, he swears that he doesn't have less than half of the rights in this animal. And he swears he doesn't have less than half in this animal. And then he split it. Now, the Chiddush of why the, what the mission is introducing more than the case of the Talas is to teach that riding an animal or leading an animal are both appropriate ways of acquiring an animal from Hefker. So therefore, it's t- teaching that they both have validity to the claim that they're making, which is, I found it. He's saying, he found it. And therefore, when I started tugging it, I got it first. You, said, you started riding it, you got it first, because they're actually both appropriate ways of acquiring the animal. And since we don't know, so the is that they split it. Now, but concludes the Mishnah, but when they both admit to the other, or they both have witnesses verifying their ownership, then then they split it without an oath, because then you have the witnesses who are verifying the facts, they don't have to make an oath regarding that. Now, actually, the Gemara of Ches will explain that what's necessary to teach this halacha is actually teaching a different halacha, which is incidental to this Mishnah, that regarding somebody that picks up a lost, if he finds a lost object and he picks it up with the intention of acquiring it for his friend, then actually his friend acquires it, as the Gemara will see on Navches, explains this final phrase, this clause of the Mishnah. Now the Gemara asks, as we alluded to this in the Mishnah, why did the Mishnah have to say, he says, I found it. And the other guy says, I found it. Moreover, says, this guy says, it's all mine. He says, all mine. Just say one case. What's, what's, the, what's any difference between saying I found it or whether saying that it's all mine? So the Gemara says, you're right, it's not two different cases. It's one case. This guy's saying, I found it and it's all mine. This guy says, I found it and it's all mine. So the Gemara says, but why? Let it just say that one guy says, I found it. I would know that what he's saying is that it's all mine. If I found it, I'm saying that it's, that it's mine. So why do we have to add that on to his claim that it's all mine? So says the Gemara, no, had we only said the words that one guy is saying that I found it, and as we see the halacha, the Mishnah says, so he has rights in it and therefore get half of it, I would have thought to say, my what does it mean when the guy claims that I found it? I would have thought to say that it means that I saw it. Meaning before I picked it up, I actually saw it, and that's my claim to this object. When I say I found it, I saw it. Now, and that would be, even if it didn't come to his hand, we would think from the halacha of the Mishnah that that a guy could just be, acquire something just by seeing it. From the fact that the Mishnah says, by his making the claim of, I found it, which people just say, oh, I found it, but just by seeing it without even t- holding it, you see the Mishnah says, could they split it? You see that's a claim t- to getting it, and it's just because we don't know whose it is, so that's why they split it. So that's why Tana Kulishali, that's why the Tana added another statement to his claim. The guy has to say, it's all mine, which is assuming a total presumption of the ownership of this object, to say that, no, 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 I didn't just see it. I actually picked it up first. 
and you came and grabbed it away from me after I already acquired it, to tell us the Bereia like That just by seeing it, you don't acquire it. The word saying, I found it, would sound like just seeing it. By saying it's all mine, that's adding another dimension of depth to this claim to say that, no, you have to actually pick it up to acquire it. Now, that the Gemara asks, How does that, you're telling me that the, he has to say, to preclude from your thinking that saying would mean just by seeing it, not by picking it up. So that thing asks, is that really possible for you to say that my that we would have thought to say when he says, I found it, it means to say that he says, I saw it. But Vahama Rabbanoi, but Rabbanoi said, as this is brought in Babakam and Paraka Gaisal Machum, and Afkofi Gimel Mabez, that the Pasik says, and this is in Devarm Paracha Bez Pasik Gimel, it says, regarding somebody that the Pasik says you should do this for his donkey, you should do this for his clothing, you should do this for all lost objects of your brother. Which it says in the Pasik, Asher Tebimimimin, which will be lost from him, and that umitsasa, and that you'll find it. So the Pasik says, Leisuchal Islam, you can't just turn the blind eye, oh, you gotta go ahead and return your brother's lost object. Says Rabbanai, what does the word umitsasa say? It's saying that the asoliyadimashma. The Pasik is saying, and that it, it came to your hand, and then you can't turn the blind eye. Now, what Rabbanai is trying to say there in Baba Kama is to say, the Pasik says that you should do this, Lochalavedis achicha. You have to return a lost object of when your brother loses something, which your brother excludes an idol worshiper, a non-Jew. Which the Chiddush is trying to say is that, but don't say that when the Torah excludes a non-Jew from having to return his lost object is only if you didn't pick it up yet. Whereby a Jewish person, he doesn't have to go through the effort in returning it to the non-Jew. But you would think to say, but if the Jew already picked up the non-Jew's lost object, then he would have to return them because the lost object of the non-Jew is forbidden. Says Rabbi Noe, that's what the Pasuk says. No, even in Mutsasa, even if you found it, meaning even if it came to your hand, which the Jew might have an obligation even if he didn't pick it up. But the, the, the exclusion of Veloy of the Kachavim is even if you picked it up, still you don't have to return it. You could keep, there's no problem about returning, there's no obligation of returning the non-Jew's lost object. So therefore, ask the Gemara. You see that the term metzia, finding it, means that it came to the person's hand, that he picked it up already. So how could you say you need to have the other phrase of to say zemekulishali? Because if you only had on the metzia, you would think to say that he acquired it by seeing it. You see the word metzia doesn't mean just seeing it, it means even picking it up. So the Gemara says, in, yes. When it says in the Torah, the word, and he finds it, it means that it came to his hand. The Tana is not the Torah. The, ta- the Tana, the Mishnah, is talking practical halacha to the people. It's using the vernacular of humans, of people. When people see things, they say, I found it. And therefore, even if it doesn't come to his hand, we would think that he could acquire it just by seeing it. Because the Mishnah is saying, he says, I found it. And what do people say when they say, I found it? It means say, I saw it first. That's why Tana Kulishli, that's what the Tana had to say, that his claim is, it's all mine, to tell us the Reiba Amalekanala. That he has not acquired it just by seeing it. Again, because if the Tana didn't go how long and say Kulishli, I would have thought to say that, what does it mean when the Tana says that I found it? He's using the term that people use when they talk, which is not the Pasuk type of talk. And many people, when they, when they, when they say they found something, they mean to say when they saw it with their eyes. So that's why we have to say that, no, 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 it doesn't work. To have acquired it, you have to say, Kulishali, meaning to say that you actually picked it up. Now, the Gemara still asks, V'lisni Kulishali, then say, it's all mine, V'loi bayin, then you don't have to say that I found it. You're saying that, oh, saying I found it would run into problems. 
you think you acquired it just by seeing it. Okay, so leave that out. Just say, it's all mine. It doesn't make a difference how I found it, I bought it, I got it, I inherited Whatever it is, it's all mine. What, what do we gain by saying the first phrase of, I found it? So says the Gemara, no, Itan Akulishali, had we only said that they're each one claiming that it's all mine, have a meaning, then I would have thought that Bi'ama, that in general, the Kirtani Metzisiyah, that wherever a Mishnah teaches us Allah, that if someone finds a lost object, he acquires it, I would think that, what does it mean that he finds it, he acquires it, Bari Ba'amakani, I would think not in this Mishnah, anywhere else where it's brought, where the Tanah doesn't tell us anywhere that you only acquire it through picking up, you would think that maybe finding it means you're acquiring it, is even just by seeing it. That's why Tanani Mitzasiyah, that's what our Mishnah says first that the claim is, I found it. And then he's claiming that it's all mine. From the superfluosity of it in our Mishnah, and it's teaching to Re'ilai Kami. You're right, you didn't need it for the Allah over here. But we specifically mentioned it so that you could know that what does it mean, Mitzasiyah, is only when you have Kulish to say that we picked it up. Because by seeing it, it's not considered finders, keepers. You actually have to pick it up first to have acquired it. And the Gemara asked on this whole interpretation that it was talking about one case and it's two different claims of the one person who's claiming. Because, can you say that really that these two phraseologies of he says I found it, he says I found it, he says it's all mine, he says all mine, that it's one case, each one is just saying a double phrase. And we just explained why you have to say it like that to teach this halacha. But it says this one and this one and this one and this one. In other words, it says, He says, I found it. And he says, and I found it. And then it says, He says, it's all mine. And then he says, it's all mine. In other words, <coughs> regarding the case of finding, the Tana says, this one says. And by coolishly, it says, this one says. If it was one case, it sh- the Mishnah should have just said, This one says, I found it and it's all mine. And this one says, I found it, it's all mine. Why does it split it up into two totally different phrases where he says, and then he says, and then he says, and he says. So rather, Amr Papa, some say is Rav Shimi and some say, that it was Kedi, that actually it's two different cases. Reisha B'Metziah, as the words are, where each one is claiming that he found it. The Seifa, which is the terminology of, he says it's all mine, was B'Mekech Umemka. It's regarding commerce, regarding purchasing, where each one is saying, I bought it from that person. Now, as Rashi points out, he says that it's, uh, this is specifically the halacha of Amishnah would be only by commerce. Where you could say, as the halacha of Amishnah says, that they split it with a shvu, each one takes an oath. Because you could say that both of them acquired it from the seller, and maybe he was agreeable to both of them to sell it. So there is, therefore, as we'll see in the Gemara, they're not necessarily each one lying. But when each one says, Anirektia, let's say not disagreeing about who they bought it from. Each one claims he wove this garment, and he says, I wove the garment, then you wouldn't split it. Because there, most definitely, one of them is a Ramai. He's a liar. Because you can't have had that both of them wove this one garment. And therefore, Rashi says, in that situation, then it would be Munachat Shevaliyo. Then you would leave it till Yohanna became. Because we can't just say that it would be split. Here, at least in these cases, we'll see in the Gemara, it's feasible to say, even though they're both claiming that they both found it, but maybe they both found it at the same time. Or maybe he says he bought it, but maybe they both bought it. Maybe they, he agreed to sell half to each one, and therefore they could split it with a shvuah. As we see, actually, that's the terminology of the Halach of Mishnah, that I don't have less than half. So says the Gemara, it's two different cases. The ratio is by Metziah, and the Sefer is by Kamas. Says the Gemara, and we needed, why do we need both cases? It seemingly is the same Halacha. Says the Gemara, as we continue to have base, because the Etan Metziah, had we only had the first Halacha of, of finding a lost object, Havamina, I would have thought to say, It's only by a law, when a found object, that's where the rabbis impose an oath 
in this situation when each one is claiming that he's the one that found it, and not like a regular suffix where you would say, okay, we don't have any reason to believe one over the other, you split it, why do we require an oath? Because each one would be, or whoever the other party is, could be what's called Meiriheter. He could rationalize to himself and he'll grab it actually, inappropriately, unjustifiably so. Why? Because he'll say, look, my friend is not losing anything over here by me taking it from him. Because, first of all, he came to him for free, and he didn't have to exert himself. He was just walking, and he stumbled upon it. So I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and grab along and split it with him. He's going to say, what are you doing? I'm going to say, it's mine. He said, what are you talking about? I found it. We go to court, and then they're going to split it. So because someone might rationalize to say, you know, this is okay. It's not called stealing. The guy really didn't earn it. It just came to him like that. So a person would rationalize. So that's maybe over there that the rabbis impose an oath to say, no, no, you've got to swear first. Then you'll get half. But by, by purchase, you cannot say such rationalizations. And Rashi explains, even though that also in this case would seemingly be where each party is giving money to the seller, as the Gemara later on explain, where he took money from each one, it's just that one he took con- with consent, and the other one actually forced him to take the money. And when they split it, each one is going to get half, half the money back, and therefore, essentially, there's really no loss in that case. But still, it is a loss. Because as Rashi explains, if the guy who was buying didn't need it, he wouldn't have gone to exert himself to go to the effort, go to the store and purchase the thing. So therefore, this other guy who really wants it, who's going to be splitting it by giving half the money, he's causing him a loss of this effort of purchasing, which the guy went through. So although he's not losing, let's say, money, because although he's only going to get now half the object that he bought, because he's going to have to split with this other guy, and he's actually going to get his money back from the other half. But still, you can't say that he's not losing anything, because the guy did go through the effort of going through to purchase this thing. So, aim a lie. So, I would say over there, that we do not, we do not need a shvua, because there's not those rationalizations that the guy could say, well, my friend, no, he didn't, what do you mean didn't go? He went through a whole effort. He can't rationalize. And therefore, if he's claiming to be it's his, it makes sense that he's not a liar. And okay, maybe there's some confusion. So then we split it. But we wouldn't mandate a shvua. So that's why we have to say that case too. Now, Vita and the Mecca, remember, had we only said the second case of Zoyimekulis Shali, which is the case of purchasing, maybe Maybe that's where the rabbis imposed an oath on this other guy, whoever this dishonest guy is that's claiming that it's his, even though it's really not. Because actually, no, there the guy could rationalize and say, look, my friend, he's really the guy who bought. But he gave money to buy the object. Look, I'm willing to give money too. So now that I need that object that he's buying from the store, so I'll take it. Let my friend go ahead and buy another one somewhere else. He's not losing anything because he's going to get compensated. I'll, I'll give the money too. But by finding a lost object, where well, you can't say that. You can't say, okay, let him go somewhere else and get another lost, uh, found, found object because yet you can't uh, create that. So there for sure it's creating a loss of money to the other guy. There, guy wouldn't rationalize that because how could he rationalize creating a loss for another guy? So Emelai, there I would say maybe you would actually not require an oath because the person would not be able to rationalize that. And again, it's either one. We could find a reason why one would be more of rationalization than the other. That's why we need to have both cases to say that, no, in spite of that, we need a shvua by both cases to require that there's no dishonesty over here. Now, the Gemara, however, asks, so if that's the interpretation of the second case, it's actually a different case. So the Gemara says, regarding business, purchasing, let 
them see who did the seller take money from. So let, let us ask him, who did you get money from? As we actually learned this in the Bryson Seth's Kedushna, Fayyan Gimel Beis. says that the seller is believed to say, I sold to him and not to him. Now, as Rashi forewarns, although that the, actually concludes over there and it says that when did we say that he's believed, that's only if the, 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 the item that he's selling is still in his hand. But when the item that he's selling is not in his hand anymore, then he's not believed because he didn't pay attention so much to notice since both of them were trying to press him to sell to them. So once they're out, he doesn't really remember who did he sell it to and who did he not. So here where they're both holding on to it, they're actually going into court saying it's mine and he's saying it's mine. What is the question to say that we should believe the seller? And that says Rashi, the Gemara there explains over there that it's talking about where he took money from both of them. Just one willingly and one forced him to take the money. Now, since he didn't pay so much attention, because since he ended up taking money from both of them, so then once they leave, yes, so then he doesn't remember, oh, who would I take the money willingly, and who would I take it forcibly? But where he only took money from one of them, then for sure he remembers who's the one that he took money from. So that's the Gemara's question, so what's this whole debate? He says, I bought it, and he says, he bought it. Let's go to the seller, ask the seller, who, who, who did he sell it to? So, so the Gemara, Lloyd Tzricha, which is like, the, as we explained the Gemara in Kedushan, over there, he actually took money from both of them. One he took willingly, consensually. The other one he took forcibly. The guy threw the money at him. And we don't know who was it that gave it willingly and who gave it forcibly. So, yeah, him for sure, because out of the picture already. But we don't know. And since we don't know, so that's why we're going to say, we can't inquire regarding the seller. And then we're stuck. We don't know who is the one that's the, that's the rightful owner. And that's why we say, with Ishbuah. Now the Gemara asks on the halacha of our Mishnah. And it does this on continuing to many different opinions on the next daf. Let's say the halacha of our Mishnah that says that we, that we make both of them take a shvua, and obviously one of them is, is swearing falsely, one of them is definitely a, a liar, because either one found it or the other one found it, or he bought it, he bought it. One guy is, is lying over here. Let's say our Mishnah is the like bananas, not like the opinion of bananas. Why? The bananas, if it's like bananas, Ha'amar, he says, this is brought him the Shavuot of Muhammad Aleph, regarding the halacha, what's called Chemdine al which literally translates as the storekeeper on his ledger, on his, his balance book. Now, the halacha there, as is brought over there, is that both him and the, the, the worker come to court with the intention of one of them taking essentially a false oath, because the halacha over there is talking about where a homeowner tells a storekeeper, he says, look, give my son a, a dinner's worth of, of wheat, and I'll pay. Or let's say he has workers that he has to pay a seller of money. So he says, look, I owe them money. Go ahead and give them from your merchandise a seller's worth. Now, the, 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 the storekeeper comes to the, to the balabais and says, I gave them this stuff. The workers come and say, he nev- we didn't take it ever. He never gave it to us. So they're both coming to the homeowner and says, pay us. Because he didn't give us, and he says, I gave it to them. So the, the Chacham say that the halach is that they both swear, and they both take from the homeowner. He swears, I gave it, and they swear, we didn't take it. Now that banana says, How is it possible that we should create a situation, both of them are going to be swearing falsely? One of them is a liar here. It can't be that he gave it and they didn't take it. Rather, bananas holds that they both take it without making an oath. Because it's the homeowner's fault. They shouldn't have created such a situation where he has no way of proving if he, they took it or, that, or he didn't give it. But one thing that we see that Halakha of Mishnah is not, not like bananas. Because he says you cannot create a situation of oath where they're going to be lying. Says the Gemara Philatim bananas. No, you can say that Tan of Mishnah is like bananas. Because Hasim Vada Ikeshwarsha, there most definitely there's going to be a false oath. One of them is lying. 
Either he gave it or he didn't give it. You could say that it's not, it's going to turn out that it's not necessarily going to be a false oath. Why? Amer, you could say, we could say that it could be that they both picked it up together. And each one, however, thinks, no, I've picked it up first and it's all mine. Now, but when he swears, as we said, the terminology of the, the oath that we said in the Mishnah is he's swearing on half. I swear I don't have less than half. Could be he's telling the truth. Because could be they both picked, and they're both telling the truth because they both maybe picked up at the same time. So to regarding this, the purchasing, maybe they actually both bought it and they both bought half because maybe the seller was agreeable. You know, I don't know who wants who. I'll sell half to each one of you. So because of that, the halacha could be like bananas because only when it's definitely a he says you can't make a shavuah. When it's not definite, then he holds that you could make as the halacha of a Mishnah that they would split it with a shavuah. So the Gemara, however, continues asking, Let's say the town of a Mishnah is not like Sumchas. Because the Ika Sumchas, if it's like Sumchas, he says, regarding a sale of an animal, and then they find a dead, they find a fetus there on the side. We don't know if it was born before the sale or after the sale. So he says that, regarding money that's in doubt, you split it without an oath. So here we have a situation of money that's in doubt, and we split it with an oath, which not like Sumchis, we say you split it without an oath. So the Gemara says, wait, wait, you want to say the Tam Mishnah not like Sumchis? Now, Ve'elamai, Rabbana, so you want to say it's like Rabbana who disputes Sumchis. But they over there in that machlokes dispute him, and they say, no, the halacha is that someone that wants to remove from the chazaka of the previous owner, it's incumbent upon him to bring proof with witnesses, and if not, you can't collect anything. And yet here we're saying that no, here he said that you could split it with a shvur. But how? The rabbis say you need adam, you can't split anything with a shvur. So then, who's the mishnah like? It's not like some chesed, but it's not like rabban either. So that the gemara responds, no, hi my. If you say the Talmud Mishnah is like Drabbanon, you could say, Hasam over there in that halacha regarding selling a cow and you find the fetus there on the side, the child born, where both of them are not holding on to it. Actually, they're somewhere else when they're selling the cow, and actually that's why they didn't know when it was born, before the sale or after the sale. So that's what the rabbis say, look, you know, who was the muhtzig on it? That's the guy who we say that it's his. Because the other one who now wants to claim that it's his, it's incumbent upon them to bring proof, and they would have to bring witnesses. But hacha did tarvayu tafsi here, where they're both holding on to this talis, and there is no moitzim mechaveroi. He's not removing it from his friend because he's holding on to it too, and he's also holding on to it. But I'm claiming just what I have. I'm not trying to take it away from you. So there, actually, the halacha could be like the rabbanan, and they would agree that palgila bishvua. As the Allah Mishnah says, that they would divide it with an oath. Now the reason for this is, is because since the Allah is, although each one is holding on to it, but ultimately it is lacking collectability to be able to collect it because, okay, you're holding on to it, but his friend is also holding on to it. Now, therefore what essentially comes out is, both of them are holding on to and are muhzik in the whole thing together, because both are holding the whole thing. No, that doesn't mean you have to have, hold on to every fiber, but you're holding on to the thing. So therefore the Rabbanan said that you can't just remove it from the other one's chazaka, because he's also holding, holding on to the whole thing, just like that. As the Gemara says over there, like the Rabbanan, who generally, when one guy is muhzik, you actually have to bring a rai, you need witnesses. Now, but it's not like that case over there, because there, this guy who wants to take it is not muhzik at all. So the other guy who was the muhzik, who the guy who was in possession of until now, if you want to take it away from him, you need to bring witnesses. Yeah, but here, 
I myself, let's say I'm the guy who wants to take it away, I'm also muxik in it. Now, but yes, yeah, so if I'm muxik, I would be able to hold on to it, but he's also muxik. So, okay, so we're both muxik, so let's split it. Yeah, but you can't just split it because you're trying to take away from his chazaka, so that's why they required at least a shvua. So that would make sense if he says like Rabbanan. But Eli Amrit Sumchis, but if you say the time of Mishra Sumchis, well, it's really difficult. Hashta, let's look at this. If over there, in that case of the cow, where both of them are not holding on to it, because in actuality, as Taisa says, only one guy is holding on to it, meaning the other guy. Now, as Taisa says, although there it's told about even that actually none of them are holding on to it, because it could even be when the cow is in the swamp and they're not near it, and still, there are, as we see, that the Rabban hold, that's a case where you say, but still, Taisa says, one guy is called the guy who's holding on to it because of what's called his cheskis marikama. He has a chazaka, who's the original owner. So it's as if he's holding on to that, that, that child that was born. And still, Chalkim still, Simcha says, that even the other guy who's claiming that it was born in his domain, that he could split it even without an oath. He doesn't have to swear about it. So here, where they're both holding on to it, Meaning, the guy who wants to, let's say, take it away from the other guy, like Koshkin, isn't it most definitely that it doesn't have to make a shvua? If even when the other guy is, so to speak, holding on to it, because he's muhsik, he has the original owner, which is a presumptive state, we keep things as it was until we know that it changed, still the other guy could take it away from him, because it's a suffix, even without making a shvua. So here where he's holding on to it, for sure he could take it away without a shvua. So it must be the time of a Mishnah, it's not like Sumchas. So says the Gemara, no, I feel the time of Sumchas. You could even say the time of a Mishnah is Sumchas. Why? When did Sumchas say that you will be chaylik, you'll split it without a shvua? That's like that case over there, which is Shema v'Shema, which each one of the claimants are each saying, maybe. Because the case over there was talking about where you find the fetus on the side of the cow. Now we don't know that if it got gored before it was born, or it was born after it was gored. And therefore the child didn't die because of the goring, rather the child died on its own. Now, we don't know, so when the ox gored, so, okay, so we know that the owner of the ox has to compensate the victims, the, the owner of that cow that was the victim. But we find a dead fetus there on the side. Now, when did it die? Was, it, was the fetus inside the animal when it was gored and therefore it actually died because of the goring? So then the guy would be high for that. Or maybe it miscarried before it gored and therefore then he's exempt. So there, each one is claiming, I don't know, maybe it, did, maybe it didn't. So therefore, yeah, maybe over there Sumchis says that you're going to be yachliku with Adashvur because you can't impose it on them Adashvur because I can't swear, I don't know. He's saying maybe, he's saying maybe, we don't know. So that's where it's be yachliku with Adashvur. But when each one is making a definite claim like in the Halach of Amishnah, he says, I found it, he says, no, I found it, then Sumchis would agree that of course you would have to make a Adashvur because, wait a second, you're saying for sure? Then swear. There you can't say to make a Adashvur because they don't know. He says, no, you split it, but you can't make a shvua. So therefore, it could be that the town of a mission is like Simchas, because here they're saying, definitely, I know it's mine. So then swear. Now, but the Gemara asks, which is brought later on, that he says, that he says in Simchas' opinion, that it's Yachleku without a shvua, even when both of them are making definite claims. According to him, what are you going to be able to say? Clearly, according to him, the Tana of a Mishnah can't be like Sumchis, because he says even when they're making definite claims like in Allah of a Mishnah, it's Yechlegu without a Shavua. And that says the Gemara, no, I feel the Sumchis. You could still say the Tana of a Mishnah is like Sumchis. Why? Ki Amr Sumchis, because when did Sumchis say that you split it without an oath? Heicha de'ika darra de'mamayna. Which Rashi interprets as that when there is a loss of money, where 
like in the case over there that they discussed over there in, in regarding the para, that if this guy pays not accordingly, because let's say it already had miscarried before his ox scored that animal, he's losing money. And if you exempt him from paying, and really the cow did, the, the fetus did die because of his ox gourd, turns out that the other guy loses the value of his child because of that psak din. So either way you look at it, someone's going to be losing money. Now Tais actually has a different interpretation, where he says a fundamental principle in Sumchas' opinion, that he says that when did Sumchas say his halacha, that's only when he, what he calls darudimamayin means to say that it has intrinsically a doubt. Meaning, without their claims, the court wouldn't know anything. When one guy is claiming something regarding his friend, and without their claims, like the case over here, where the guy swapped his cow with the guy's donkey, and afterwards is that now we, we just don't know, no one knows what happened with the, with, with the fetus, so that's where the halach is, that they should split it even without a shvua. But we're going to be going with Rashi's approach, which is regarding the, the chesarin of mammon. When did some chesay is halacha, like over there regarding the power with the vlad, that's where... There's going to be a loss of money either way for one of the two guys. If he's exempt or if he pays, someone's going to be losing money. So that's where we say, okay, yachlik without a shvua. But where there is no loss of money, where, like we explained previously, the halachas of a mission on some level, there's no real loss, because a found, a found object, you're not really losing any money. It was, it was what's called hakal rabach, you had just found it. And so to the case of mekach memcha, it's also not really losing money, because... We said that you get your money back, even if the other guy's getting half, you're not really losing anything. So then, like, so then there, Sumchas didn't say that it's going to be a chalik without a shvuah. No, we could impose upon you a shvuah. Why? Because, okay, even if you don't make the shvuah, because whatever the situation is, you're not going to be losing anything anyway, so then we impose. But when there's going to be a loss of money, so then we can't impose a shvuah to require this halach of yachaliku, then you're going to be a chalik without a shvuah. Now, that the Gemara asks, Falav kavochemahu? What do you mean? Isn't it a kavochemah to the contrary? Because umahasim, if over there in the case of the cow, that is either way you look at it, regarding the halacha of yachloiku, meaning in the previous discussion we said that look we're going to make it yachloiku because we can't say that it's going to go to one or not the other, and hence that we didn't introduce even the element of a shvua because we have to split it because we can't say it's going to be his because then the other guy's losing. You can't say it's his because then the other guy's losing. So okay, okay either one is going to be a loss and we don't know, so we'll split it, we'll split it without a shvua. In contrast again to the Allah of the Mishnah where there's no loss if either one gets it. If he gets the mitzi versus him, he's not losing. And if he gets the, the object that was bought instead of him, there's no one losing because he's going to get his money back. So then we said that, okay, so then Yachleku will do it with a shvua. But that the Gemara asks, but the, the halacha is challenging if you're saying the halacha of the Mishnah is like Sumchas. Because if in the case of the para, where when we're going along with splitting it, either way you look at it, someone is losing half. Because if, if the guy, one of them has to lose half because it was either in the stomach when the ox scored or it wasn't. So now when you're going half, you're automatically making somebody lose money. Moreover, as Gemara continues to talk about Gimel Moreover, maybe you could say, which is Rashi says that meaning you, that you have to say, kulamar, maybe kulamar. Really, essentially, it's either or. It's really a black and white situation. It can't be either or. It, either the, the fetus was in when the gourd or it wasn't. It cannot be really half and half. Still, Amr Sumchis, still Sumchis is saying, as you're saying, his halacha from there, that a, a situation, ultimately, it's a situation of doubt, you're going to split it without an oath. So ask the Gemara, where there's no loss of money for anybody over here, as we previously explained. 
And therefore, even when you split it, there's not going to be really lost, because even if you lost the whole thing, there's no loss. Moreover, the Ikalamim to value here, as we had previously explained, we really could say that it belongs to both of them, because as we said, maybe both of them picked up at the same time. Like Kolshikin, isn't it most definitely so that we should say you should split it without a Shvua? Because if even over there, where it doesn't really make sense, we should split it. And still we say we split it, and not only that, we don't even impose a Shvua. Which really, we shouldn't even be splitting it, so at least let's make a Shvua. We say, no, 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 we split it without a Shvua. So here, where it, it, there's not even a loss. Moreover, it makes sense that it could be both theirs. Shouldn't it make sense that we should split it without a Shvua? So that the Gemara concludes, you're right. I feel a tame of Sumchus, but we could still say the town of a Mishra is like Sumchus. Because although, you're right, it's a culture game that there shouldn't be any shvu in the halacha of the Mishnah, from that halacha where there, there's no shvu when they split it, where there's, where there's dar de minah for sure, and, and it can't even be both theirs, for sure here he would hold mamun amata basavik, it would be chalken without a shvu. But shvu zu midra banan he, but the shvu of our Mishnah, according, is like simchiz, but it's going, it's a rabbinic oath, like Rabbi Yechon had said. Because the Amr Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon had said, shvu zu this oath of the halacha of Mishnah is a rabbinic injunction. Why? That you shouldn't have every single guy grabbing someone else's cloak, and I'll say it's mine. Because, you look, if I grab your shirt, and we're both holding on to it, you say, what are you doing? What are you doing with my jacket? It's my jacket. Your jacket? What are you talking about? I was wearing it. No, 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 it was mine. So they come into court and says, it's, it's mine. He says, it's mine. Oh, Kalkin. Without a shvua, without a shvua, did this guy just grab my jacket? Yeah, you're both holding on to it. So, yes, although it's mum namut basafik, and we don't have anyone that has witnesses could verify either way, because when they come into court, they're both holding on to it. Allah really would be But since that could cause major problems for societal reasons, where everyone could go ahead and grab someone else's thing and say it's his, so that's why we said to prevent that, we introduce a rabbinic shvua to say that he has to swear that it's his, so that will stop people from just jumping and taking other people's things, because the shvu is more severe to people than the Isra of Geneva. And again, but it could still be like Simchis, because although halachically it doesn't require, but rabbinically they introduced the shvu, shalahei kalechad hoylech b'teke b'talisa shechavere.